The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What I liked, what I appreciated is um, the coach, Kimberly, she, she's like, this is the most prepared you're going to be for where you are right now. Mm-hmm. That's why you're ready to go now. Mm-hmm. This is part of your journey. You will be a better speaker after this. It doesn't mean we wait to do this. What we talk about on this podcast a lot, like you don't wait, you go and do it. Katrin's going to be a better athlete next year. That doesn't mean we wait till next year. You still try and compete and do it this year because you're going to learn so much along the way. So you do what you can with what you have for where you are. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How are you, sir? Good, sir. Today, today we are going to discuss something that um, I'm 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 personally very curious about. Before we were recording, I was saying that this is this this episode is just an excuse for me to ask questions that I've been curious about, anyways. Perfect. And as it it's it's related to the TED Talk that you recently went out to California. Yep. Santa, yep. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. So, um, because here here's kind of the context to it is I think that. And and I I think this because uh, because I I feel like I've done it before is I'll watch and Ted's a good a great example but it's like it's public speaking in general mm-hmm. and you watch people who are really good at it really skilled at it experienced at it and you think oh like you're just like that's you're just good at oh, it it's like this the book talent that like the yeah, talent code the talent this code. is like, yeah, yeah so, this is mindset yeah and it's really Born. easy to think to watch. You know, and you fill in the blank of people who like Simon Sinek, right? Like everybody watches him is like, oh, he's an amazing speaker, which like, he is, which he is, but he probably wasn't born that way. And so the, the, uh, your experience, um, from my very limited perspective of just kind of like watching around the edges as you prepared for it seemed really interesting in the sense that it started in one place and you've got public speaking, quote unquote experience. Mm-hmm. You've got mm-hmm. lots of it, whether it's at seminars or just every day in front of a mm-hmm. class of 30 people. Right. So like it's, it would be easy for me or for anybody else listening to this to be like, Oh, Ben's just like, he's just good at it. He's just like yeah. figured it out and he just kind of presented it. But, um, knowing a little bit, I, I do about it like that isn't the case. Right. So I kind of want to just walk through the process. Of like, the case. like he isn't good at it. Well, no, it's <laughs> not, not that, but that yeah. you are yeah. good at, it, but, but th- even I, with I've, the I've, experience, I have, I have a long, long ways to go and to be where I want to be with it. But right. Yes, but and, but this process was was a, yes. a journey towards that that you know eventual end goal. Whenever, whatever. So that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Just like what was the process like? So maybe start at the beginning of like, uh, okay, somebody asked you to do a TED talk. Mm-hmm. Was that was it an immediate like, yep, doing it? I know what it is. I know the subject. I know okay. the parameters yeah. of it. Um. Okay, so I've been asked to do a TED. These are so first off, a differentiation. Um, there's TED and there's TEDx. 
Ted is like the massive thing where you have to be chosen to be in the audience. Right. Like you have to apply to be in the and audience. Twelve grand or yeah, 10 twelve grand, grand yeah. and they um, they vet you and yeah. like um, so. I was not presenting at that. I was presenting at a TEDx event, yep. which are independently organized. They're kind of like uh, essentially like CrossFit gyms. You know, you're free to kind of like run and how you want to run. They have I take that back. There's a lot of parameters that they and there's a lot of quality control that they do. Unlike CrossFit gyms. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's another podcast. <laughs> that's another episode. Um, okay, so they I've been asked to do other TEDx events. Yeah. Let's just use the word TED for going forward. Yeah. It's TED TED Talks. Um, and I I've declined for a few different reasons. I wasn't ready. I didn't think I I knew what I wanted to present on. Um, um, I didn't know how good the TED event was going to be. And then finally, um, um, this woman, um, Jen reached out to me. She's, um, she's follows the podcast and she's read the book. Um, and she asked if I'd be a part of this one in Santa Barbara. Um, Santa Barbara is one of a handful of these elite TEDx's, mm-hmm. um, um, not in terms of like they get better speakers. I'm not saying I'm a better speaker. In terms of the effort that they give to coaching their speakers. Mm. And that's what got me really excited. Yeah. Um, I didn't really realize the totality of what went into this, as you're asking about, of what went into it. Um, but I was really excited at the opportunity to to learn a lot. Yeah. Um, public speaking is something that I... Um, I, I'm fearful of. Mm-hmm. It's something that I, I don't like doing. Mm-hmm. I become more comfortable with the things I become comfortable with. Mm-hmm. That sounds really weird, but like, <laughs> um, like coaching in front of a class. Yeah. No, pro- like yeah. never once have nerves now. Um, back in the day, I used to. Um, getting up in front of a, um, a team of athletes that I might not know, like minimal nerves now, but like getting in front of three to 500 people that are strangers in an auditorium on stage light that's going to be filmed and broadcast the world. Like, yeah, like that's a nerve wracking experience for me in a major way. Um, so the real reason I said yes was because I was so scared of doing it. Mm. Um, and I I said, if you're this scared of it, you kind of have to do it because there's going to be a lot of learning that comes out the other end. Mm -hmm. Um, so What's next? The process we went through? Yeah, what's I, like, yeah, like, so, okay, so you said yes, you, you kind of got through that, the embracing that kind of discomfort. Did you have a sense of like, all right, this is what I'm oh, going to talk about? Yeah. Or like, okay. what did that So then there's the application process. Yeah. So then they, um, what the way that goes is they asked me to be on it, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be on it. So I had to submit a, um, like a, a paragraph written thing about what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, why does the world need to hear this talk? How am I going to reframe someone, some idea in people's heads? And I had to give a um, under 90 seconds um, video interview on what the talk is going to be. And um, I gave a talk on mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, lo- the, the idea was I've given this talk before. Right. Um, I have a PowerPoint presentation. I have it all built out. There's a number of steps. I believe here's the, I believe people are teaching mental toughness wrong. Mm-hmm. I believe people are trying to become mentally tough wrong. So I have created a system that I believe you can plug someone into that helps get them to be mentally tough. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with you know, your pain tolerance or being yelled at or doing harder workouts. It's, that's not part of the system. Um, those are all physical things right this is mental so um and by the way it's not mindfulness or meditation either um so 
the idea behind this was that I can give a talk on this system. So I presented on that. Um, the talk I gave was very different than I anticipated. It was still on that, but the delivery was, um, 95% different than the presentations I've been giving up to that point. Mm, so the one you actually gave at the event was 95% almost completely, almost completely different. different. Yeah. Um, so what did that, like you mentioned earlier that, that one of the reasons that you said yes to these guys is because of, um, the process that they kind of put mm-hmm. people through at, you know, at, in development of the talk. So like, what was that? Was that really hard to go in with a sense of like, Oh, I've given this talk. Like, this is something like yeah. in a lot of ways, like part of your identity is like, you're the mental toughness guy. Like you walk in like, okay, I'm going to give a talk on mental toughness. But now you're saying like, Oh yeah, but there was totally different at the end. So was it like, what, what was it that changed from the beginning of saying yes to like what you actually presented? Everything. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so a little bit was kind of like, I got this, I presented on this before. Yeah. So I just thought I'd do is do my presentation. Right. Well, the presentation I give is 45 minutes long. Right. Yep. So, so the challenge one is challenge number one yep. is, so here's kind of the, 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 the process. The process is, um, let's create a core idea. Let's create this one thing that we're going to put. This is our tagline. This is our thing that, um, we're going to, uh, that's going to be the rallying cry for the rest of it. Then th- we're going to use that as the through line through the entire talk. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, that sounds a lot easier than it actually is. Mm. I had this, this idea, which is like mental toughness and we're teaching it wrong. Well, it took almost five weeks of refining that into one sentence that became something else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that was a lot of work. And then mm. from there, you create sort of like an um, an outline. Okay, so we're going to start with um, a story. And then you have your teaching point and then your things to back it up. And you do another teaching point and things to back it up. And then you'll um, wrap it up by tying it back to your original story. Okay, so you got this framework. So with that framework, I set out to start writing it. And it just flew because I know that, I, I mean, I've already presented it. So I started typing it out and when I got done, it was about 14, 15 pages of, of you know, Google Docs. Um, and um, I was like, awesome. So they're, um, they're like, now read it out loud and see how long it takes. So I read it out loud. It took like uh, just over 50 minutes to read it. 50, five, five zero. Oh, wow, okay. The talk has to be under 12 <laughs> and herein lies the struggle yeah. for the next six months yep. is how do you pare down, which by the way, the, the, the 14, 15 pages was already pared down. Yep. So how do you pare down this down to, so I had to go from four pages to three. Mm-hmm. That's really, that was a really hard process. Yeah. So they call it killing your babies. Yeah. You know, it's like you wrote this thing. It's beautiful. You like love it. You have so much, the talk's not gonna be the same without this in there gone the next thing like same thing i love this thing is gone <laughs> and now how does the talk have any meat without all yeah. this stuff it was difficult yeah the cool part is the coaching they give you along the way they're not just that's why i want to be a part of this one yep. um worked with a woman named kimberly she was incredible um she works with a lot of other speakers that whether they're presenting to Congress or they had to give a commencement speech to an Ivy League, Ivy League school. She does the work for the TED Talk pro bono for mm. free. Mm. Um, and she worked with us. Um, the meetings were uh, minimum. In the beginning, it was about once a week to once every 10 days. As we got closer, those became like once every three days. Mm. Um, and the whole process is about eight months. Mm-hmm. So it's really intensive. Yeah. 
Um, and she, as you get closer, it shifts from the script. You have to have the script locked in to the presentation. Yeah. Um, I thought that, you know, at first I thought like naive and maybe arrogant, whatever it was. I was like, I, well, I got this, like I, I got the script. I've done the presentation. Nope. Like you got to pair this 15 pages down to three. And then it was like, well, I can, I can talk in front of people. Mm -hmm. Like I do that a lot. (laughs) Nope. Like everything is just like torn up in, in, in the, in the best possible way, but like torn up, shredded and rebuilt. Yeah. How, um, just just to uh, dive in, like, what did those like? What were the like the coaching sessions or the, yeah. that process? Like, how did that go? Was it like you would present it to her over video and she would give you so no, the, like? What, yeah, like, in the beginning it was. How, um, how does that like? How it was that a work? script. Yeah. It was a script, and most of the script was formulaic. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wreck a lot of movies for people, <laughs> um, but there's a formula that every single movie it's it's a story. There is a formula, and this is Kimberly's thing. I think that she actually created this, um, but everyone has it's the hero's journey. But she put it to a nice, really nice, and once you hear it, you can't not see it. So every story, unless here's the cool thing, unless it's an independent film that doesn't create commercial success, because every writer in Hollywood knows this. They all don't want to do this. They want to do something different, so they do something off. But if they do something different, it will not. It will not be successful. So that's literally what makes a commercial success versus an independent success. Because mm-hmm. the independent people are all these yeah. writing snobs actually, that know what they're the going on. The magic is in the middle there, where there's a little bit of the 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 edges. They're all the same. Yeah. It's it's like it's insane. Once you watch a movie, you're like you just. And I, I here's the cool part. I studied screenwriting, so I did you? Full, yes. So here's Fully the cool away. part: is like when I learned this. I mean, it's a part of it's a part of emails that I do. Yep. I don't really do emails anymore, but you know, you know the deal. Yep. Um, but you see in other people's writing, you see in advertisements, yeah. it's everywhere. So um, the way it goes is the five S's of storytelling. The first one is the setting. Then there is the snap. Then there is the struggle, the shift, and the success. Yep. So take um, the Lion King. Yep. Okay, the setting: Pride Rock in Africa. Baby is born. The snap: Mufasa dies. The um, the struggle, I'm not going to deal with my past, I'm going to run away. Yep. The shift, I'm going to deal with my past, I'm going to go back. The success, I beat Scar and take over Pride Rock and order is restored and the grass gets green again in mm-hmm. Pride Rock land. Mm-hmm. Dumb and dumber. The setting, like two idiots in Providence, Rhode Island have a dog grooming shop. The snap, a suitcase is left in the airport. The struggle, cross-country road trip. Um, the the um the shift oh my god we have money in this thing mm-hmm. the the success like uh, they're still idiots <laughs> right whatever yeah. it is at the but end but that but that's where that's where they can play around with it a little the, bit the success is still that. like the, yeah. the the kidnapper was yeah. was saved and yep. like all that um and the success doesn't have to be it can be a lesson it doesn't have to be like we win it can be a lesson um but it's literally every single one so the way that our the TED talk went was i told a story yep. And the story followed that formulaic fashion. And then I had um, a couple points that I wanted to, um, this was a couple points from the five or six I originally started with. Um, so I went to these, just these two points. Um, so of this process that I created for creating mental toughness, there's five or six in it, but I boiled that down to just two. Mm-hmm. Um, um, give those two, each of those two has the sto- a story in it that follows that fashion. And then you have your supporting points as well. And at the end, the conclusion, you tie back to your original kind of story. Got it. So would you say that, um, that 
Oh, so you, I didn't even answer your question. That's okay. So the, um, the, the original part is done over um, Skype calls yeah. where you can see them go to meetings or whatever. I don't yeah. remember what it was. And we're looking at the script and we're kind of moving. It's all formulaic in the yeah. beginning. And then it gets into like changing words and that type of stuff until you kind of get, you lock in the script and then it becomes the same thing over Skype. But I'm, I'm doing what you're saying. I'm presenting. Yeah. I present to her. I present to um, another woman um, that uh, we worked with. Um, they brought in a theater coach, worked with him as well. And then you also get on the group calls with the other um, people that are presenting mm, at the TED Talk. You give it to all of them as well. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, cool for me to say, but probably... Um, the hardest part for me is I do, I I hate the phone. Yeah. Um, so I do much, much better in actual, I need to be able to see people's reactions. Yeah. I see it in real. Um, so I, I did better when I got in real person than I did. Um, were you just like in this office and with your phone, this office (laughs) and I literally taped a red, taped a circle on the floor, the size of the red circle. So you have a circle on the floor. I'm kind of like. I'm kind of giving all of that, the, the, the secrets away. Yeah. yeah, but you you stay on the red circle yeah. and you can move around there. But you want to be able to know where you are. Yeah. Um, and that's probably mostly for lighting and cameras. But yep, exactly. And um, from there, it's everything like when you're going to move, making sure you're not doing parallel gestures, which is for people watching on YouTube when you do both hands doing the same thing at the same time. That's really distracting for people mm. to watch. Interesting. But if you do um, unparalleled yep. gestures, you can be equally dynamic, mm-hmm. but it should not be both at the same time because <laughs> you kind of look like frenetic and frantic yes, with the two exactly. hands that's interesting um i think what's really interesting about that is um the intentionality that goes into the entire thing whereas you know it's one of those things that a good presenter here's a good a good stand-up comedian will make it look and feel like he's just coming up with it on the top of his head yeah. but if you ever have the chance to watch a comedian perform in a few different venues kind of the same bits or the same yeah. like you can see like oh like that's that little thing that you thought was like a throwaway line that he just yes. thought of on top. Totally, was actually he's played with that four or five different ways. So right? this is where I, I I wish I like I I now have some tools that I can get better at. The TED Talk I felt like came so fast once I started learning, mm. these, learning these tools. I wish I could go and give it again. Yeah, because I didn't have enough time to lean into those things, and I. So it's literally like where you can you can purposely pause and stumble like mm-hmm. for and you do it like um yep. you're trying to come up with some um um you said frenetic and i knew what i was going to say there but i like pause so it makes me think you th- yep. you actually literally put those things in there yep. you put in the pauses you put in the little stumbles um to make people think that you're coming with it on the spot yep. you're not right this whole thing is memorized and that's the third place i struggled with massively is we've done tried to do things in here where i read off a script yeah I'm terrible at that. Yeah. I'm not an actor at all. Right. I can do this. Yep. Put me up here and totally. tell me to talk on something. Yep. And that's what I every, that's what I realized. Every presentation I've ever given, whether it's a seminar or a camp or something else, I don't write out the words. And in fact, what I learned from the seminars, what I used to do is I used to write out the first five minutes yep. and I would try and memorize it so I could get going. Yeah. Horrible mistake. That's like, I was so bad at that. Interesting. I didn't realize it. Because you were actually kind of proud that that's how like you figured out how yes. to hack your way into I like, just, like a seminar. Like, But I, I would always like, I would always be like, oh, what's the word? What's it? Yeah, Instead yeah. of like just letting it come to me yeah. as I went and reading the room and having a discussion. Um, so I do really bad with scripted stuff. Yeah. Other people I think appreciate that. Um, but that was the third massive struggle I had was um, trying to do it off of a script and pretend like I was acting as opposed to just um, letting it happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you say that from the beginning uh, of the process to 
to to what actually what you presented did the ideas change or did just the the organization or the 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 kind of the yeah, it all, the, the edges or all, like the, the the constraints around it. Okay, so that's why they keep you to a core idea to start. Yep. The core idea doesn't change. Yep. Um, you know, the the core idea, um, you know, was essentially in order to unlock your ultimate competitive advantage, we must learn to weaponize our minds. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's like, what it. That's what that's um, when once you create that, like that's it. what it is. So now you have to dissect. Of, so let's now you can't just say that. So mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Is, why do I care about a competitive advantage? I'm not an athlete. So you got to unpack that a little bit. Um, and this weaponized mind thing is obviously what I, I, I unpacked the most. And I originally had five or six things that got windled down to two. Um, so the core idea, and that's why they make the core idea stays. Mm-hmm. The core idea is what the core idea is. Yep. But for sure, the supporting things around it, the fringes, um, the stories. So I originally started with three stories that got whittled down to two. Mm-hmm. The stories for each one changed all that every mm-hmm. month. They were different stories because like this one sort of works, this one doesn't. I want to use this. Yeah. It's like, um, so it's it, it's it's a constant iter- iterative process. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I appreciate, though. That's what made me learn. If I had just gone in there and delivered what I've known already, um, which I probably would have done at another TED Talk, yeah. honestly, yep. and I didn't get the coaching, um, and I would have been way more comfortable the whole process through, including the day of. Right. I was nervous getting up there and doing that. I, um, um, I watched the video. It doesn't look like I'm nervous, so that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, but I, um, it, it was... Uh, it's the other thing, which is like the hindsight is twenty twenty. You walk through that process and you're like, ah, like put me up there again. Like I want to do it again. Totally. It's like you want, but the, what I liked, what I appreciated is um, the coach Kimberly. She she's like, this is the most prepared you're going to be for where you are right now. Mm-hmm. That's why you're ready to go now. Mm-hmm. You, this is part of your journey. You will be a better speaker after this. It doesn't mean we wait. To right. do this, what we talk about on this podcast a lot, like you don't wait, you go and do it. Katrin's going to be a better athlete next year. And that doesn't mean we wait till next year. You still try and compete and do it this year because you're going to learn so much along the way. So you do what you can with what you have for where you are. And that's a hard, like the whole thing, co- taking coaching is hard, taking feedback and criticism is hard. Um, but at the same time, it's such an amazing thing mm. to be a part of because you see things like, like this five S's, like that's now a part of everything that we do like if you don't have that basically if you don't have a story you're not telling anybody anything to remember people will not you know it's the emotional versus the logic the limbic versus the amygdala or whatever it is Mm -hmm. in the brain we are hardwired to translate through stories like and just that that formulaic fashion of the way stories are told the s's that's so impact that's so impactful because for most of our history, we were we we communicated through speaking to each other. That's that was right. the deal. Yeah, and it wasn't like, you know, it, it was it was, it was stories told yeah. that way. Totally. And the way to remember them is to make them emotionally yes. engaging. And exactly. And, um, did you learn about? Did you learn something about mental toughness through this process that you maybe wouldn't have learned? How'd you just kind of kept going along in the process that you had kind of always had developed it over the last couple of years? Like, was there something about the intensity of this that you came to right away with? Like, Oh, I, I know things now that I didn't know when we started this. I learned, I, um, just, the when I started this, I felt like I had a good idea about what my, um, 
my method was for developing mental toughness. Um, now I feel very good about that. I feel like I'm, um, I, I, I expert's a bad word, but I feel really confident in my methodology. It got really buttoned up. I tried to poke all the holes in it I could, and I struggled with it for six months, yep. as opposed to like deliver it up on the whiteboard every three months and kind of like Get no iteration. Yeah, maybe yeah, little iterations here or there. So that part, um, I, that part definitely uh, transformed. In terms of my understanding of um, actually changing and shifting my thoughts on mental toughness, no, it just mm. further enhanced it. Cool. Um, it was um, um, everything came to fruition. It's just that I was now the test subject instead mm. of I was the the student, not the teacher. Mm-hmm. And I was one at the receiving end of my own teachings, saying, "This is what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You gotta dot dot dot. You gotta follow these steps." Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, I, I, uh, even though I'm tempted, I think we'll save the actual conversation about mental toughness and what you learned and cool. about how let's, you deliver. Let's do a whole, we'll do, a whole podcast yeah. on, on, on the, the, the meat of it, let's, how we do so it. So let's do that. So let's wrap up this one with maybe a, just a sense of, um, actually two things that I'm curious about. One maybe is the quickest one is like, walk me through the day of the yeah. TED talk. Like you said you were nervous, but what did that look like? that feel like? The week before, the week sure. before actually. Yeah. So, um, you do like these, um, the Skype calls for lack of a better term, these online calls. And then, um, mostly people are from LA. It was in Santa Barbara. Um, I was obviously from Boston and there's one other group from Florida, um, but everyone else is fairly local. So we get out there. Um, TED talk is on a Saturday night. We got out there on a Wednesday night. Um, day one is just like kind of hanging out. We just make sure day two, you do a dress rehearsal in an auditorium. Um, not, um, where you're actually filming it, a different place. Um, um, that was Thursday night, Friday night, you're doing the active live dress rehearsal in the actual location. Mm -hmm. Um, after the talk, you, um, we have a big dinner. Uh, how's this go? Um, uh, no, one of those nights we actually went out to this like everyone got together and we had a fun thing. We went to like mm-hmm. this magic show at this cabaret type mm-hmm. place. It was really cool. Um, they call it the Magic Castle. Um, really cool. Um, so it's really fancy dinner. They rent out the whole place for us. There's about 12 speakers and a huge staff that puts this thing on. Mm-hmm. Um, then the night before, you give your um, your rehearsal in the morning and then you come back and you, we had uh, a speaker dinner on the stage mm-hmm. uh, put on by this incredible chef. Um, with all this farm to table stuff. So he's like, um, he made like this acorn apple, like fish thing. And he's like, I got the acorns from the farm. It's like literally like he's telling us where he got all this stuff. It was super cool. Um, And then from there, the next morning, the day of, I was presenting, I was, they break into these different groups. So three speakers go at a time. Um, There's three or four and there's three or four breaks. So essentially you listen for 45 minutes to an hour, you have a break, 45 minutes to an hour and a break. Um, I was the last speaker in the first group. It's a, it's the best place I would have wanted to be. So uh-huh. I, I didn't get to pick it. Um, but I love that enough that like I could get there and feel it, but I didn't have to wait the whole day for this thing to go off. Um, so got there in the morning, um, as they're setting up, I kind of just hung out on the stage to get my feelings. I went up on the stage a couple times, presented the first few lines. Then there's a speaker room downstairs and basically you hang out downstairs with all the speakers. There's hair and makeup, uh, mostly for the girls. I didn't do hair and makeup. Um, Maybe I should have. <laughs> and then uh, um, really cool, amazing. Kimberly runs the um, the stage. She's introducing the speakers. Her husband, Mark, does all the production stuff, the video. Um, and then they, in between each section, they have these incredible 
um, performers, these incredible dance, mm. um, dance, rap singers, like just this like incredible group. So it like really kind of like, it did not feel like a long day at all. You're mm. there from, I can't remember now, it's either nine or 10 until four or five at night. But I mean, it just goes because you're hearing, you know, 12, 13, 14 minute talk and then another one and then another one and then break and then these amazing performers right. and then kind rinse, wash, repeat. Yeah, it's really cool. Very cool. Uh, last question is just as it relates to the value that you see in um, having a coach because I think it's one of those things that oh my god uh, a lot of people probably I mean I'm, I'm assuming a little bit like they look at you and they're like oh Ben's got it figured out like he doesn't need quote unquote help he doesn't need a coach he's got love it he's the coach right yeah so I'm just curious like what was that what 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 kind of value did you see in that and, and maybe what you learned from just the just having somebody who's kind of watching you or, or working with you um in that in that role or in that position so going through the entire thing so in the middle of it you're kind of like wow this is really cool they're, they're investing a lot into me i can see kind of the growth happening but it's hard it's struggle so it's really kind of hard to see the growth yeah you're kind of more focused on the struggle um the thing that really brought to fruition was one of the other presenters talked about the value of a coach hmm. like in their, their in their talk ted was, talk was, that was, was really their ted cool. talk was um, he had a few points in there, but one of the, he basically talked about like how to a transformation. Yeah. And one of the things was step number one was get a coach. Yeah. Um, and, um, what I realized was like, yeah, like, so I came back by the way and hired a business coach. Yeah. Like I really I, cool right away hired yeah. a business coach. Cause I was just like, yes, I saw how impactful this was. I never would have, I never would have gotten to where I am today in terms of speaking. And I'm so far from where I want to be, mm-hmm. but I never would have, um, learned what I learned without a coach. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's, it's a short, the way he said it was, it, it's the hack. It's yep. the shortcut. Yep. It's the shortcut is a coach. Um, so it was so powerful to be a part of that. What I realized was I need more of this around me. And I started to realize like, well, what is a coach? What does a coach do? Mm-hmm. So when I started working with the business coach, all that they're doing is they're not emotionally involved at all. Yeah. They're on the outside looking in and they don't have your one perspective. They've seen this 400 to 4,000 times. Mm-hmm. And they just go, you know, uh, have you ever thought about like maybe dot, dot, dot? Yeah. And I realized, you know what? Like, and people have this stigma about coaches where mm-hmm. it's like, I don't need it. I don't want it. Like, or that it, it's it, a single, it's a, it's a signal of weakness. Yeah. That you, but you know what? Yeah. Every co- everybody has the, at least one coach in their life. You know, you know who it is? Their doctor. Hmm. Their doctor is doing the same thing. Yeah. You're going like, here's my symptoms. Here's what I'm dealing yeah. with. And the doctor's just really knowledgeable. He goes, hmm. Well, based off of the 4,000 other cases I've right. seen like this. And, the and my education. School, yeah. My, from, yeah. From yeah. my education of becoming a coach and my personal practice, my experience, I think that maybe we should pr- think about taking this medication. Yep. I think that maybe we should think that's all a doctor is. Yeah. Yet we have no problem going to doctors. Right. Some of us do. But we, <laughs> most of us, if we're like sick. Yeah. So let's not wait till we're sick. Let's wait till like more like a functional medicine person that's going to yeah. keep us healthy. That's, that's, great, that's nothing more than a coach. Yeah. And when you start to realize this is what shifted me to like the business thing. I was like, I got the business thing figured out. Yeah. I don't need one. What are they going to tell me? And I was like, well, I feel like I have health figured out, but I still, still go see the doctor. Yeah. So why am, I, why am I reaching out to a doctor? Why am I reaching out to a functional medicine person? Why am I, and why does Katrin reach out to me? Like... Mm-hmm. It's because a coach's job is to take somebody someplace they can't go on their own. Mm-hmm. That's what a coach does. And what you're saying there is like, I, ca- I can't get 
I'm not going to get there without a coach. Yeah. So it's one of those things that we say like try and fail, try and fail, and try and fail. Hire a coach. If it doesn't work, fire him, get the next one. Mm -hmm. But that's what we should be looking for. Okay. Coaches are so valuable. Yeah. And it's funny, it's funny that <coughs> like that's what you do. And, I know. But yeah, it's you're still, right, right, right. But, it, yeah. but, it, but it's, it's actually in some ways it's, it's symbolic of the thing, which is like we have our head down yes. on the thing that we do. And the thing that a coach does, it picks your head up. Yes. It says, look, at it, look at it this way. Or have you thought about this? You know, Ray Dalio writes in principles a lot about um, everybody has blind spots. Mm -hmm. And a good coach doesn't have the same blind spots as you. And it, that in and of itself is valuable. So one of the things with the coach is like, well, am I getting my return on my investment? Yep. It's like so, it's just finding a coach takes a lot of time and time is the only non-renewable resource. So like, you're, am I wasting time trying to do this? And then am I wasting another valuable resource? Money. Like, And then <clears throat> we pay a lot of money for our business coach. It is ridiculously expensive. And it's gonna take us a and I was like, is it really, like after one session, we did one full day session, the entire leadership team I have looked at each other like, what, <laughs> what the hell was that in the most positive way? Yeah. They're like, we never would have gotten there. Yeah. In one day, he leapfrogged us like maybe three, four or five years. Mm. I mean, yes, they're valuable. Think of the return on investment on that. Yes, we pay, you know, Five, six, seven thousand, eight, whatever it is, thousand dollars for a day. Mm. But the power that that one day brought is going to return itself so much, mm. so much faster. Very cool. All right, my man. That was fun. Thank you very much. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks, Pat. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.